0: Welcome to this latest edition of the Maritime Podcast. My name is Marcus Hand, and I'm the editor of sea Trade Maritime News. In this new episode of the Maritime in Minutes series, we'll be taking a look back at some of the most important stories in shipping and maritime over the month of May. In the first week of May, the rise of the Indian variant of COVID-19 and the crisis resulting in India and other subcontinent nations brought fresh concerns about crew change. A growing number of countries instituted travel and crew trade in Japan for travellers coming from India in the previous 14 days, a major concern for shipping which is heavily reliant for officer ranks from the country. In terms of the current numbers, the situation did not look too bad and the new Neptune Declaration Crew Change Indicator surveying 10 major ship managers showed that as of mid-April, just 5.8% of seafarers were on board vessels beyond the expiry of their contracts of employment. Meanwhile, 0.4% of seafarers had been on board vessels over 11 months, the maximum period allowed under the Maritime Labor Convention. However, the mid-April figures were not seen as representative of what was being reported on the ground by managers. And there were warnings from leading executives about what lay ahead. Bjorn Hogarth, CEO of Anglo Eastern Univan Group, issued a blunt warning that the crew rotation crisis was far from over. In fact, 2021, he said, was set to be worse than the previous year, with the recent surge in COVID cases in many crew supply countries, making crew change in many cases impossible due to port shutting down for these nationality of seafarers.
1: Thanks, Marcus, for another great Maritime in Minutes. Keeping our finger on the news pulse, this month sees the first edition of the Maritime Online series, a month-long event to bring you an industry sense check to help you prepare for the rest of 2021. Delivered in a format that works for you, each week of the series, from the 21st of June to the 23rd of July, will highlight the most essential topics from crewing, seafarers' welfare, digitalisation, AI, environment, decarbonisation and sustainability through to regulatory updates, finance, insurance and much more. You can register for free at maritimeonlineseries.com and connect with leading industry experts, get inspired and expand your knowledge. See you there.
0: Moving into the second week of May, and there was a focus on the gulf in port efficiency between exporting terminals in Asia and import terminals in the West, particularly in North America, which are causing serious issues for the container shipping supply chain. The new Global Container Port Performance Index, launched by the World Bank and IHS market, showed that Asian container ports were the most efficient in the world, dominating the top 50 spots, Yokohama, Ranked as the world's most efficient port, ahead of King Abdullah Port in Saudi Arabia and Qingdao in China. By contrast, the only ports in the Americas in the top 50 were in Mexico and Canada, with no ports from the US represented. The lack of 24 hour operations at US ports was highlighted by US Federal Maritime Commissioner Michael Corey as the country's terminals struggled with unprecedented congestion speaking at the National Customs, Brokers and Forwarders Associations of America annual meeting. He said talking to top container line executives on how to improve the situation, nearly all CEOs had raised the issue of operating hours at U.S. terminals in comparison with other terminals around the world. The third week of May saw seafarer vaccinations for COVID-19 coming to the fore again. Shipmanager's association Intermanager said it has successfully negotiated with Johnson & Johnson to buy 1 million doses of its single-shot vaccine at a reduced rate of $22 million. However, to place and receive the order, it requires Intermanager to work with a recognized government body, a requirement in line with international law. This proved to be a stumbling block with Intermanager drawing a blank in finding a recognised government body to work with, a cause of much frustration for President Mark O'Neill. Meanwhile, Sea Trade Maritime News reported on China making the new single-dose COVID-19 vaccine, CanSino Biologistics, available for Chinese seafarers at 11 ports in the country. Also, during that week, Sea Trade Maritime News participated in a Maritime London webinar On shipping's relationship with media and public relations. The panel, moderated by Maritime London CEO Josh Standerwick, covered a wide range of ground, including sea blindness, the stories the industry has to tell, and the environmental pressures creating a new need for transparency. Speaking on this topic, Ben Pennington, Managing Director of Polaris Media, said We are now part of a much bigger debate. And
1: we see with ESG, the new environment social governance agenda, which is sort of replacing CSR, that that is putting a lot more pressure on maritime organisations through things like the Poseidon principles, which is actually putting a lot more pressure on shipping lines to go green in line with the IMO targets. So
0: this sort of era
1: of CSR and gesture doing worthy things and expecting recognition. It's becoming much harder now with ESG. The organization's shipping lines have been told, you won't get a mortgage for your ship if you don't get your house in order. It's a whole new climate and organizations need to get all of their messaging right and all of their operations right. And that's why PR needs to be central, not just this add-on,
0: not just this tactic. It needs to be central to the strategic direction of the organization. You can watch the entire webinar on Maritime London's YouTube channel. The final part of May saw container ship fires hitting the headlines again with graphic images of the Singapore-owned 2021 built container ship Express Pearl ablaze off the coast of Sri Lanka. Box ship cargo fires from hazardous cargoes are an ongoing concern for the industry and insurers in this latest case the fire emanated from a cargo of nitric acid the fire started in the hold on the 20th of may and despite attempts to extinguish it spread to the deck by the following day explosions on the 22nd of may and then 25th may saw the fire on the vessel hitting global headlines and the crew evacuated meanwhile the vessel's cargo started to wash up ashore prompting a massive cleanup operations and fear of a major environmental disaster. By the 31st of May, the fire had been brought under control and Adana Dharana in Sri Lanka reported.
1: The Sri Lanka Navy says that the fire which broke out aboard the cargo vessel MV Express Pearl anchored off the port of Colombo has been brought under control. However, the Navy pointed out that there is still smoke emanating from the center of the ship. The Navy released footage of the fire that had been recorded by infrared surveillance cameras over the past three days to the media today. Based on the footage, the Navy noted that the fire aboard the ship is now at a minimum level compared to previous days. Meanwhile, the cargo and plastic pellets known as nurdles which were released to the ocean following the disastrous events had even washed on the shores of Gaul and Mathura. This expands the sections of the island's shoreline affected by pellets which is in the process of
0: spelling a marine disaster. The vessel's owners, Express Shipping, say the salvers found the vessel's hull to be intact and that no fuel had spilled from its bunker tanks. The Sri Lankan authorities have launched a criminal investigation into the fire. That's all we have time for on this episode of Maritime in Minutes. To learn more about the stories mentioned in this podcast, visit seatrade-maritime.com and sign up for our newsletter. Thank you for listening.